Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children 18 plus, you are tuned in to the Lone Officer Podcast with me, Dustin Owen, and my main man, JC, John Coleman. T.O. was popping. You and that Charlie Brown shirt. I almost forgot my line. You my did? intro There's line just no not, way. I know it happens. Bro, you don't understand how many times people reach out to me, whether it's through Instagram or LinkedIn, which by the way, those are the two best platforms to reach moi. Yeah. LinkedIn, mm-hmm. where I am Dustin Owen, that's my birth name, first name, last name, mm-hmm. or on IG, where you find us as The Loan Officer Podcast. You can also follow us on IG, you can follow us on Facebook, you can follow us on TikTok, or you can just go to tloponline.com, which is our website. Mm-hmm. Website's loaded with content, but also has really cool links to all the podcast episodes we've recorded, which mm-hmm. is over 250. Damn. It has links to industry news and articles, and also has links to videos, mm-hmm. which you can only catch only. on tloponline.com. Bespoke content. So what's popping yeah. is really cool uh-huh. because people now reach out to me like, hey, tell JC what's popping. <laughs> oh my God. That's no, so I good. love that's it. Right, yeah, I yeah. love it. You should yeah. get like a T-Lop t-shirt uh-huh. that's made. It just says T-Lop across the front and the back. It says, what's popping? I will. That'll be the, on the next run of swag we get. You should actually make some of those and bring them out to Vegas uh, with us. That is the plan. Is it the plan? Yeah. W- will you get, it just says T-Lop. Uh, yep. I'm going to get them. T-Lop on the front. Mm-hmm. T-L-O-P. Yep. People are always like, hey, how do you spell that again? I'm like, it's the Loan <laughs> Officer Podcast. The future of you the mortgage take industry. the four... Yes, the four beginning letters, yeah. right? It's an acronym, wow. like D-T-I-L-T-V, yep. A-U-S. A-D-U. A-D-U, T-L-O-P. Yeah. It's just all another, the same, it's same just shit. another acronym. It's the same stuff, yeah. Yeah, so I think you should have T-L-O-P in the front, mm-hmm. and in the back it just says, what's popping? I can't wait. I'm going to throw it out to the crowd uh, in September. Yeah, so we will be out there September 21st, 22nd mm-hmm. uh, at Mortgage Mastermind, also known as Mastermind 2022. Yep. It's at the Palms Hotel. It's a Stephen Marshall event. You and I are speaking on the Thursday. I can't believe it's uh, We're going to have lunch provided. That lunch is provided by? Shout out our friends at Jungo. Our friends at Jungo. If you're looking for a phenomenal CRM, or at least look, the CRM that I use and the 11 branches that I have direct operational uh, management control Mm -hmm. with, we all use it. Word. It must be good. Mm -hmm. Or we must be crazy. I I don't think either one. Must be nice. You may be great. You may be. Wait, help me out. You're the piano man. I know. I don't know. How does that go? It's a Billy Joel song. Billy Joel. Oh, before my time. It's a classic. Uptown Girl. Uptown Girl, yes. Yep. Uh, I do, you know, I would put Billy Joel on the bucket list. I would want to go see Billy Joel. He's still performing? I'd put him, yes. He performs Madison Square Garden like four to six times a How year. How old is he, like 78? I would guess. You know, I just read Pete Rose is 81 years old. Shout out Pete Rose. That shows how old we are. Well, I don't know. I was, that was before my time as well. I remember him as a manager. Mm-hmm. And when I was really little, he was actually one of the last player managers yeah. where he was a manager who could put himself in at certain times yeah. to like pinch run pinch hit or and something I was just asterisks and disgraced um lots of asterisks i don't know about the i mean he is disgraced but yeah, yeah, i think, that's um, what, yeah, I think, I think we should almost reverse that somehow i don't know whatever man but shout out to your uh you may be nice i may be crazy yeah oh but there just may be a lunatic you're looking for mary j blige no this is still billy joel mm, yes yeah well, we, you're talking time. about the whole crazy thing yeah i know yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I said either we're crazy or we kind of know a thing or two. I think we're a little bit of both. Somewhere in the middle. But we know a thing or two. That's why we use Jungo. Yeah, okay. That's why we we do our database management 
our prospect campaigns, our in-process campaigns, our post-closing campaigns, Damn. our lead tracker. So it sounds like text messages, emails. Yes, we use Jungo for all of that. Sounds like you need Jungo as a management tool in order to get make sure you're getting paid properly. Um, I don't know if Jungo goes into comp, but I think you're trying to get us into um, the episode. The episode. Yeah. All right. Well, have we covered all the business aspects? You did. You hopped right into it. Yeah. Here's a little did you know oh, gosh. before we even get into LO compensation questions. Oh, okay. I read this morning mm -hmm. that through the either last quarter or the first two quarters of this year, so uh -huh. the past three to six months, okay. cash sales have been like 36%. Cash sales? Yeah. People who pay cash versus finance their home. Yeah. Yeah. When you're a lender, you don't like cash transactions because oh, okay. we only get paid to lend money right if you're a realtor you don't really care right in fact if you're a realtor you probably would love nothing but cash transactions gotcha um but i'm sure it has something to do with mortgage interest rates jumping from the threes into the fives even low sixes now back down to the fives uh but that was pretty crazy and then i looked in my peripheral when you're getting these cameras and these lights all set up That's what I do. and uh i have going in the background my cnbc yeah and I saw that SoftBank lost even more money. Never heard of them. Yeah. Well, you, you should look into them because they're really good at losing money. Really? Really good. Like they're a massive, some kind of like hedge fund, um, venture fund, and they're really good at investing in companies that lose money. Well, with a name like SoftBank, how hard could you be? Oh, but up, bump. All good. right. <laughs> on that note, JC, okay. what are we going to talk about today We're talk on about, the Loan Officer uh, Podcast? I think LO compensation and how LOs get paid. That might not be the exact hell, but we're going to delve into it. Yeah. So here's, uh, we've had several of these requests come in and some we've kind of had a table put yeah. on the back burner. Uh, and just recently I had said to someone, I think their exact question, and maybe I'm, I've been on YouTube, but it was like, hey, Dio, can you do a show on how we negotiate comp? Yes. I was like, all right, cool. Let's talk about that. Mm -hmm. It's been a minute or two, maybe 200 episodes <laughs> since we talked <laughs> about loan officer compensation. Yeah. And... It also helps out because I was um, actually on the phone with a listener, shout out to Haley, Haley a week ago, and I was trying to help her through understanding some comp-related issues. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know if this particular follower, T-Lopper, what have you, was curious about like how to negotiate comp with the borrower. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping it's how do I negotiate comp with my employer. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because my understanding of LO compensation rules, and this is for consumers, right? So loan officers and realtors out there, like let's use my words to like convey a message to the consumer so that they know this. No mortgage loan originator should get paid any more or any less because you did one particular loan over the other, right? So when I'm on the phone with a client, I said, look, ma'am or sir, one of the best thing that regulation did after the great recession mm -hmm. that was brought on by the Dodd-Frank Act is I get paid the same whether you do an FHA loan or a VA loan. I get paid the same whether you do a 15-year fixed or a 30-year fixed or an ARM. Like my compensation is gonna be based off of your loan size. Hmm. Like that's what my compensation is based off. That's most loan originators, not all. Like some of our direct-to-consumer friends, or you may call them call center friends, mm -hmm. they may get paid for how much, like, they may get paid a base salary and just how many loans did you lock? Mm. or how many actual transactions closed. So you may get a salary of forty-five dollars or $65,000 a year, and you get $50 for every loan that you locked. Mm. You get a bonus if 10 plus of those closed, right? There's a, a much more convoluted structure to that. 
Again, though, you're not negotiating your compensation with the consumer. So my hope was that question that came over was not consumer related mm -hmm. because honestly, we should not be negotiating our comp with the consumer. That's how things used to be done. Is that illegal now? I would say yes. Mm -hmm. I would say yes. The CFPB, the Dodd-Frank Act, the LO compensation rules state pretty specifically that loan originators cannot get compensated based on the terms of the loan, the type of loan. I cannot get paid more because I had John Coleman do an FHA loan versus a conventional loan. I cannot make more money because I sold John Coleman at 6% rate, not a 5.5% rate. In a weird way, even I was wondering to like take an L, could I say like, hey, come over here, do a loan with me, and I'll take it out of my comp, and I'll make sure you get a better rate even if we're losing money. Is that like doable? Technically, no, that is not doable. Mm. The technical correct answer is no. That cannot be done. Mm. Um you know, like a friends and family discount, like, hey, I'm a loan officer here. I need some loans. Like, come over here. I'll give you a crazy discount, even if my company loses money, just to kind of get your business. Can you do that? Yes. And technically, you should get paid. Oh, okay. Yeah, technically, you, you should get paid. Mm -hmm. Are there workarounds? Sure, there are. Mm -hmm. There are there are workarounds. But let's try to stay away from those okay, workarounds. Right. Okay, cool. Because I don't know how vetted they are. Right. Um, I know they're readily available. Mm. But um, just in general, to answer this viewer's question, I'm going to try to stay away from negotiating comp with the consumer because you shouldn't. Okay. Right. You should not. Yes. If you're a consumer, John, and you say that you found cheapycheaprate.com mm -hmm. and they're offering you five and a quarter and Dustin, you're at five, you're at five and a half. And could you match that? Yes. I can go to my employer. Yes. My employer can sign off on a pricing shortage or a pricing mm -hmm. exception at which point I should be paid a compensation. Gotcha. It should not come out of my comp. Mm -hmm. Now I can make an argument, John, if you screwed up a loan because of just ignorance or, or lackadaisicalness, mm -hmm. I should be able to take that out of your comp, mm -hmm. right? If, if you had me sign off on originating a loan where you didn't collect a um, good faith deposit on the appraisal and the loan never closed, I should be able to come back to you and say, John, your client and you did not do as you promised. I'm taking that $600 or $500 out of your paycheck. I should be able to do that. Um, if you didn't disclose something properly and it cost my branch $2,000 to cure that, meaning I had to eat it, <laughs> no. I lost that money, I should be able to take that out of your pocket. Because to me, as an originator growing up, that's how I learned. I learned during that time period. Now, technically, currently, we can't do that. Again, I'm not a compliance person. Mm -hmm. I'm not an attorney. I've never once stepped foot in a compliance department. So this is the world according to Dustin based on my experiences. I have a compliance team. I have two attorneys. I would always reach out to that compliance team and those attorneys who, by the way, have outside counsel mm -hmm. if we ever really needed to get um, a more concrete answer. So right. when you're listening to me, please know right. this is the world according to DO. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, not to be um, taken with blinders on, yeah. like maybe fact check some of this, mm -hmm. but um, the MBA, the Mortgage Bankers Association, I do know at one point was lobbying with people like me behind that lobby saying, yes, yes, I run a mortgage branch. If my LO does something erroneous because it was at a pure laziness or lackadaisicalness, I should be able to mm -hmm. dock him or her their commission. Currently, you can't do that. Okay. Technically. Right. Technically. All right, so um, let's talk about negotiating loan officer compensation as you're talking about negotiating with your employer. Okay. 
as it pertains to when you're negotiating for your next career opportunity. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping that was more along the lines of what was being requested. Right. I'm going to start at the very beginning. I'm going to start with my rookies. Mm -hmm. Okay. And this is really, honestly, this is not loan officer specific, but it is. Okay. Meaning the same theories and the same style that we're going to be presenting right now resonates across so many other industries, especially as it pertains to sales professionals. But I know loan origination better than I know other things. I know mortgage better than, than I know other things. So we're going to talk specifically to those people. Right. When you're just getting started, in my opinion, the world according to me as I've experienced it, comp should come third. What? It should come third. You first need to make sure that you're working for an individual or a group of individuals who are going to look out for you, who are going to be great mentors to you that you can look up to. In life, I have learned when you take a new employment opportunity or a new career path, you should hold two, two fingers up, not saying peace to the mm -hmm. camera, but two things. You should, A, make sure you are learning and developing as a professional, or B, they are compensating you highly for your time. In a perfect world, you get both. You get the personal professional fulfillment and growth, and you're getting compensated highly for your time. What if I'm getting neither? Get out. It's not for you. If you're not professionally or personally fulfilled and growing and you're not getting compensated fairly for your time, I think you have to consider uh, a different move. You have to consider a, a, a new career opportunity, maybe you know, the entire career path. Right. Maybe what you're doing is not, not for you. Now, there are definitely times where we understand we're doing something that's not overly fulfilling and we understand that the compensation is not where we want it. But maybe that's because it's an end to a mean, yeah. right? Where you're like, hey, I can see long term and I know that what the spot I'm in now is only a six, nine or 18 month spot. So I'm fine with it because there is a method to the madness and there's mm -hmm. a plan. So when I'm a, a, a younger originator and I'm just getting started, I'm first looking for the people that are going to help shape me and groom me. Professional development and great mentorship is where it's at. There's not a dollar amount I can put on that. There just isn't. So whatever compensation package they put in front of me, it needs to be fair, right? But it's not how I'm making my decision. If company X is offering you 150 basis points, but company Y is offering you 75 basis points commission, but X comes with, hey, homie, you're on your own. Mm -hmm. And and that would be the 150 comp. Mm -hmm. But Y, the, the 75 comp comes with, this is our training program. This is your mentor is going to be. This is your your database marketing CRM manager. These are the coaching groups you're going to be a part of. These are the lunch and learns and the happy hours of the company sponsors. Oh, wait a minute. And these are the dozen people who have done what you're trying to do yeah. and now are successful. That's a significant added value. Yes. Like what what dollar amount do you put on? The ability to survive and thrive those first two years and then eventually build a book of business that's going to pay you 200, 300, 400 grand a year. Mm -hmm. Like, what is that worth? Think of your ROI. Would you be willing to forego five, 10, $15,000 of comp your first year or two? Cause look, your first year, you're not going to close that much business. Even if you closed $8 million, $8 million at a 150 comp plan is like 120 grand. 
Eight, so like half of that is 60. So $60,000, what is that $60,000 that you forwent? What are you, are you gonna get $60,000 worth of mentorship, mm-hmm. worth of coaching? And more importantly, and more likely, if you didn't have all those systems and process and coaching, you would have yeah, never done, you would have never, never done it anyhow. Right, yeah. So you're not even comparing apples to apples. At that point, you're like, well, look, I could probably close 6 million in my first 12 months. And even if it's only at 75 basis points, I at least mm-hmm. close 6 million versus I closed two and a half million, mm-hmm. but I made 150 basis points. That person who did 6 million versus the person who closed two and a half million, the amount of at-bats and reps alone, the amount of pre-approvals alone has made them a better professional. Right. The income may have been pretty consistent, but the professional development and the career growth, right. astronomical. So the first one, the first decision I'm making mm-hmm. is gonna be based on, on that. And then the second one is, is the company that I'm aligning with gonna be a company that I could see myself working three, five, right. seven, ten years with. Do you know a situation, do uh, rookie loan officers get into a situation where they're like getting taken advantage of? Because like, hey, I'm willing to work for anything just to get experience. Do you find that a lot? I would say a rookie loan originator doesn't get taken advantage of necessarily. Right. A rookie loan originator gets themselves in trouble because they don't know any better and they don't know any different. So a rookie loan originator may very well get in a position where they feel like they're taken advantage of because they're doing all this grunt work. But what they don't realize is that they are the karate kid working for Mr. Miyagi. Right. right? And, and unfortunately, the Mr. Miyagi in this case isn't necessarily conveying the message properly. So all they see themselves as, oh, all I do are call these cold leads and make 200 phone calls. No, you're paying your dues. You're earning a valuable, you're learning a valuable skill set. You're learning how to talk to people. You're learning how to overcome uh, objection. You're learning how to put in eight, 10 hour days. You're learning that being on the phone is more important than structuring a loan. You can structure a loan at, at night. You gotta be on the phone when people are willing to pick up the phone, which may be in the morning, maybe in right. the afternoon. Like, mm-hmm. But um, I think that's a trap that a rookie loan originator would fall into or a rookie loan originator falls into the trap that I try to get them to avoid, which is, well, this one's paying more money. Oh, I gotta go over there. Yeah, I'm like, but if you never get a lead and you never close a loan or you do get a lead, you don't know what to do with it because no one's supporting you. Like what good was that comp plan? Yeah. It wasn't that good. So going into it, I'm less concerned with my comp plan. Hmm. Now, how do I negotiate my comp plan when I'm a year, two years, or three years into it? Again, I don't know how much of your comp plan can be negotiated. Because for most people, your comp plan is also tied to the interest rates and the products that you're selling. So if you're working for a company that has inflated comp agreements, then you're going to, and by inflated, I mean over the average. You may ask me, Dio. Dio, what's my comp? What's the average? What's the average? Oh, yeah, what's the what, average? What's the average? What's the average? I would say in today's market, the average at loan officer compensation is 115 basis points. Okay. That'd be, that, that's what I'd say the average. Now, that's difficult to say, right? Because you have mortgage brokers out there that are like, I make 275 basis points and then net all these other things, right? Net what I have to pay my processor, mm-hmm. net what I have to pay in self-employed taxes, net what I have to pay in private health insurance, net what I'm losing out on not having a 401k, net yeah. a computer, net every DU, net every <laughs> credit report. Yeah. Okay, net the 595 transaction fee I have to pay to the brokerage. Okay, it's like, uh, are you really making 275? Yeah. And then you have others that are like, oh, and I, I make 90, 
But then I start looking at what they make and it's like, or how about this? Someone says, oh, I closed 40 million last year, but they only made $90,000 because it was 40 million of call center business. And right. So like there's, there's a varying dynamic that we have to take into play. If you're a direct to consumer, like for the most part, this particular episode, if you made it this far, (laughs) thank you. It doesn't really pertain to you. So when you're a direct to consumer loan originator, I, I don't know how you negotiate your comp. I don't. I'm not the best person to answer that for you. So like a flat rate type thing? Like you get a flat if you work out at a call center type? If you work at a call center, you're getting a salary, salary. plus some kind of mm-hmm. a bonus structure. Some pay on credit pools, some some pay on actual loan closings. Mm-hmm. At, there's just very KP, different varying KPIs. Right. I can't really speak to that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking right now to a loan originator who says, look, I want to own my own business. I want to be a solopreneur. I am fine being 100% commission. Mm. Then what does that look like? How do I negotiate that? And to the people who are direct to consumer, I, some of the principles are still principles are still going to apply. Like those principles are well, how much value do you bring? Do you exceed what's expected of you? Are you a top performer? Mm-hmm. Right? Cuz when you exceed what's expected of you, when you're hitting every KPI, when you're in sales, they post numbers. When you look at the numbers and you're the top of the leaderboard every single month or the top three, <laughs> yeah. and there's more than three people, like yeah. there's at least 10 plus people, yeah. then you can potentially sit down and have a conversation with your direct report about how you can be rewarded for your efforts. Um, and I do think that when you're working consumer direct or any type of sales organization, you have to ask yourself, are you the one controlling the lead? If you're the one controlling the lead, then you make the money. So if you're doing things that others aren't doing to either control the lead, bring in more leads, convert at a higher percentage of leads, then yes, maybe that those call center direct to consumer people can have some room to negotiate, mm-hmm. but that's out of our realm. So we're going to flip it back over. When I said 115 basis points, I'm thinking for someone who is a self-sourced, purchase-focused, 100% commission loan originator you should be making on average 115 basis points. There's gonna be some markets where you make 165 basis points. Why? Maybe it's a more rural area. Maybe your average loan size is smaller than the rest of the country. Maybe you're doing a lot of government loans. You may ask me, why if I do more government loans, should I make more money? Or could I make more money? Hmm. Well, I'm gonna share this with you. Most banks and most lenders make gross profit about 50 to 100 basis points more on government loans. Well, why is that the case, Dustin? Well, John, the reason why that is, is because it's a Jenny Mae bond versus a Fannie Mae bond. Mm-hmm. The people who purchase Jenny Mae bonds are willing to pay X price versus people who who pay um, that, that buy the, the UMBSs or the conventional conforming bonds who pay Y price. A Jenny Mae bond is still known to investors to have the, the entire full-fledged backing of the U.S. government where the Fannie Freddie bonds do not. It has a perceived quasi, but not a full. So because of that, they tend to trade at a higher value. And as a loan originator, I think it's good for you to know that yes, if you're doing a third or more of your business, FHA, VA, or USDA, that makes a govy loan. If it ends in A, it's a government loan. Then um, there's a chance that you could potentially negotiate better comp. Mm. If you are running a branch 
where you do a high percentage of government loans. There's a chance you can negotiate better comp. Like these are things that I think aren't necessarily taught that you should understand about the mortgage industry as general. But, you know, so if, if I'm in Evansville, Indiana, where my average loan size is $105,000 and half my loans are USDA, <laughs> maybe I can make 165. But my counterpart who's working in San Jose, California, yeah. where the average loan size is $975,000, that person may be working for 70 basis points. Right. What it is at the end of the day is a dollar amount per loan. How much money are you trying to make per loan? And what's your time worth to you? Question for you. Uh, if an LO comes in, you have two LOs. One comes in at a 100% uh, uh, compensation kind of payment model, and another one comes in with a salary with kind of like bonuses. Which one do you think has a, is more set up for success? Have you seen like the person that's just all commissions more hungry versus the person that has like a little bit to fall back on, but isn't kind of pulling their hair out because they have a paycheck coming in. I would answer that with yes. <laughs> yes, John. Yeah, right. Um, so I've never been able to run a parallel as a manager, like as a business operator, I've never been able to run a parallel. Mm -hmm. I have my theories. I wish all loan originators were paid 72 to $84,000 a year. I wish they were given a company car and a cell phone. Right. And then I wish that we actually ran this industry the way that so many other sales organizations run their industry, but we don't. Um, so there's kind of two different models and very few are they, are they run simultaneously. So this company may do the, you make $40,000 a year plus 10 basis points and we will provide you some leads. This company says you get no salary, but it's a hundred percent commission, but you'll make 115 basis points. I don't know if one person has an advantage over the other, because I can make arguments on both sides. The person getting the $40,000 a year salary isn't as stressed out and potentially has at least enough money to cover the basic necessities of bills. And they have a little bit of a financial incentive with that 10 or 25 basis point uh, commission to go out and facilitate loan transactions and get them closed. The person with the 115 basis point comp plan with no salary, their back is against the wall. Every day is an oh shit moment. They wake up unemployed. There's a certain amount of pressure that could make someone perform. And because of that, they get out there and they out hustle the person making the salary because they have no other choice. So the way that we do it, we tend to bring people on and say, hey, look, you need to have six months reserve. You need to understand that you're more than likely only going to make about $65,000 in your first 12 months based on the, the data we have of that $65,000. I bet a good 40 to 45,000 is made in your last five months. You have to be able to get through those first six or nine months before the paychecks start coming in. Um, so I don't know if I really answered your question, yeah. but you at least did, did two parallels. But I think people have to understand in general when it comes to comp, it's like, like, like anything in life. There is no such thing as like, I'm gonna have my cake and eat it too. Right, there's, there's give and there's take. If I'm gaining 150 comp plan versus someone else giving me 100, what am I giving up? Am I giving up a rate sheet that's competitive? Am I giving up a marketing support system? Am I giving up a um, product and program? Am I giving up, like there's something I'm giving up. Mm -hmm. If I'm only making 60 basis points, what are you giving up? Or what are you getting? Yeah, right. What are you getting for that? 
oh, I get five leads a month. Right. I get five leads a week. I like what twenty four hour tech support. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm assigned. I have the best rates in in the market. Right. I'm assigned a real estate office. I'm assigned a builder. Right. Those mm. people who work inside of real estate offices and those people who work for builders, they're not making 115 basis points. Mm. They're probably making 30 or 40 basis points. They be make they may maybe making that salary of 60 plus a 10 bip override on their production. What was it when you first started? Do you remember? When you oh started? my goodness! I'm glad you asked this. This is what's crazy because regulation did this. When I got started, I was tiered and I would make 55 basis points, 60 basis points, 65 basis points, 70 if I did like 4 million. Hmm. So my first, my first year, my breakout year, my first two years in the business, I made 45 and $46,000. Those were 2004, 2005 numbers. Hmm. Luckily, by 2006, I closed 24 million, like 100 transactions for 24 million, and I made like $126,000, right? So roughly 55 basis points hmm. uh, because I made less money. There's this condominium community that was new construction that we were one of three approved builders. So I made less money when one of those closed because they deemed it a captive audience, although it wasn't captive because I still had to compete against the two other <laughs> yeah. in-house lenders, but at least it was, I knew I had a one in three shot mm -hmm. instead of a one in 3000 shot or one in 300 shot, depending on how many other lenders that there were out there. Yeah. But, and that was kind of the consensus. Even when I changed over from that was a, like a straight up mortgage banking retail model. That yeah. was how things were done. By the way, I had zero leads provided to me except for the, the, the new construction mm -hmm. condo and they paid me less on them. Mm -hmm. I had to get out there and hustle and compete and make my sales calls and network, et cetera. But when I transitioned into this independent mortgage banker model, this was right before the regulatory changes mm -hmm. that happened, you could basically pick your comp based on what rate you negotiated with your client. Mm -hmm. And when we allowed that, this is good to know, this is good history. When we allowed that, the average comp in the entire United States was like 90 basis points. So you think about your independent mortgage bankers, your guilds, your movements, your waterstones, your cross countries, your fairways, your Supremes, your Cardinals, like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. CMG, RPMG, like all of them. When LOs were allowed to choose their comp based on how they negotiated with borrowers, mm -hmm. they made less money. They made less money because I may do your loan, John, and make 40 bips. I may do your sister's loan with 13 co-signers mm -hmm. and I made 200 basis points. I may have done your loan for 30 bips because it was a $400,000 loan and I tried to make 200 basis points on her loan because it was $130,000 loan. Yeah. I wasn't looking at trying to screw over your sister. I was trying to look at how much time yeah. and how much of my um, skill set is gonna be required to get your loan closed versus John's loans closed. And maybe you were a better negotiator. Maybe you were easier qualified. Maybe you had more options, whatever the case may be. Maybe. Your loan needed to close in 45 days, but hers was in three weeks or two weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, if I have to drop what I'm doing to put your file in front of someone else's, it's gonna, you're gonna pay a premium. Yeah. Dude, my mechanic does that to me. My plumber, roofing company, mm -hmm. AC companies especially, right? Yeah. In Florida, oh, your AC went out? Well, I can come in 10 days. Or? Or I can come tomorrow for $500 you know, <laughs> yeah. surcharge. Yeah. Appraisers in 2020 and 2021 were doing that. It's just kind of common business. Anyhow, Kind of got sidetracked there. But when that was going on, loan originators made on average 85 to 95 basis points. It wasn't until LO comp changes came into place 
And MLOs across the country and branch managers across the country were like, well, hmm, what would I like to make on every loan? Well, I would like to make 125 basis points, or I'd like to make 140 basis points, or I'd like to make 115 basis points. We just locked that in and you lock it into your pricing engine. So now when you spit out a rate to a consumer, it already has your comp built mm. into there. All of a sudden, everyone received a 25 to 30% pay increase right. because it also said, like we talked about at the beginning of this episode, hey, John, if you screw up, you don't have to pay for it out of your pocket. Your employer has to eat it. Right. Now, it was like the crazy thing that I learned firsthand living through a regulatory change is regulatory change takes the pain felt by a few and Spread spreads it out, out okay. amongst the mass. Yeah. Regulation was needed because people were being taken advantage of because there were some unscrupulous individuals out there. But all it did is made it more expensive for all people to, to, to borrow money, mm. um, where it could be argued the regulation should have been to push the unscrupulous out, right. but still allow the consumer to negotiate their rate, therefore negotiate the originator's compensation. Do you ever see a, like a time in the future when the pendulum is going to swing back the other way and like compensation is going to change? And yes. They're gonna cha- yes. Okay. You want to finish that thought or you no, want to no, no, cut I want you off. I'm going to cut me off and be like, yes, John, I do see it. So go Yes, ahead. we've been talking about this for almost a decade, for at least since 2016. Damn. So you're going on six, seven years now. Loan officers, sales managers, branch managers. Mm-hmm. Please do not kill the messenger. But there is going to come a time that the amount of basis points you are earning per loan is going to drop. It just has to. It just has to. Like something has to give, something has to change. I promise you, as someone who helps run a mortgage operation at a large scale, right? My group produces in the billions. It's the last thing we want to do. We do not want to piss y'all off. You all are the lifeline. (laughs) You do go out and bring in the revenue. But... There's only so much cutting that can be done before it bleeds into LO comp. And the only question I'd have for the loan officers, I'd want them to, to really do an inward look, are loan sizes, the average loan size has gone from 235 to 300,000 in many markets, including mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, are you working that much harder to originate a $300,000 loan versus a 235? No. Did you have to put in more effort? Did you have to generate more leads? Did you have to do more? You're not doing any more work. You're a byproduct of the housing market having this combustion. At some point, is your bank making less money? Is your lender making less money? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are costs going up? Yeah. At some point, something has to give. Right. And I think I think if we put it in perspective, if I go back to 2011, 2012, when we were rolling out the LO compensation changes, we were thrilled, many of us, to make $1,500 to $2,500 per loan. Thrilled, mm-hmm. mainly $1,500. Right? $1,500 was about 100 and 125 basis points on a $150,000 loan, $135,000 loan. Yeah. Okay, so just a decade later, average loan size is almost triple that, double that. Like yeah. at some point, something's got to give. Yeah, hey, same thing goes to a realtor. Same exact thing goes to a real estate agent. Like, are you doing more work because you're listing my house for seven hundred thousand and not four hundred thousand? Because it's still the same neighborhood, it's still the same square footage, it's still in the same school district. 
do I really have to pay you 6% times 700,000? Uh-oh. Or could I pay you 6% times 400,000 yeah. to do the same job? And I think that's not many people want to talk about it, but I think it needs to be addressed. It needs to be discussed and loan officers should have to at some point prepare for it yeah. as an employer. Shit. <laughs> I want to be the last person to move on that one. You can do it at the, uh, the offsite in Cabo. Yeah. That's the last uh, day, the last meeting. I'll be like, hey. <laughs> like, 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 last let's, slide. Hey, let's, guys, we just want to talk <laughs> about this. I got three minutes left before you board your plane. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to be like, last to act. Uh, oh have all of our competitors, really? have all of our competitors done this yet? Well, I guess we'll follow suit. It's only the right thing to do. Yeah, it's either that or it's like a national mandate. Right. Uh, but look, it's coming. At some point, it's coming. I, I just think it is. Um, as an originator, do I want it to? No. But I, I would ask originators to, like, including myself, when I look myself in the mirror, I'm like, you did how many units last year and how many units the year before and how many units? <laughs> so your units are going down. You're making more. But you're making more money. Yeah, sounds right to me. Yeah. So I'm doing less work. I'm, I'm procuring less right. leads. It's, I'm closing less loans. I'm doing less paperwork. I'm le I'm helping less families. That sounds like the dream. Min yeah, minus yeah. the less families part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I'm making more money at some point. And by the way, my employer's making less money. Like it's earning yeah. seasons, guys. It's earning season. Yeah. Pull up anybody's earnings. To think that that's not going to come to you at some point, nah. Hmm. But to get back to answering the question, we do have to put a wrap up on the show. Like, how do you negotiate your comp? I think is a tricky question, and I don't know exactly where this these people are coming from. I hope we threw out enough information that gave them the direction that they were seeking, but I would leave them with this. How much value do you bring your organization? That's the question you should ask before you ever start negotiating comp. Yeah, if you're that good, they'll find a way to pay you. And then, and then what are you getting for your comp? What are you giving up? There is going to be a give and a take, right? If you make less comp, but you come with all of this support and it comes with a fail-proof way to succeed, I don't know if there's a price tag you can put on that. Mm -hmm. I think once you've made it, you can then address, is my comp consummate to the effort or the value I'm bringing my employer? And I'll always stand by this. He or she who controls the lead controls the paycheck. Thanks. You want to put yourself in a position where you are the reason why people are finding your place of employment and wanting to do business or do business with you, just trusting that you have partnered with an employer who backs who you are as a professional, but you don't want people doing business with your employer. And oh, by the way, you just happen to be the rep that they're talking to. Like, I think that's the ultimate. That is the, the pinnacle that we're trying to achieve. Some people are able to get there quickly. Some people, it's an entire career working towards becoming that person know this there is no wrong path there's your path there's my path there's john's path i think what matters most is that we're putting one foot in front of the other our eyes are open our heads on a swivel we're looking for opportunities both for ourselves but also for opportunities to bring value to our employer mm -hmm. and we're consistently trying to get one percent better per day that's all I have to say about that, John. Well said. Well said. We'll talk about my comp after this when the tape stop rolling. Yes, we will talk about your comp, but I will kick that one over to David Holbrook. Oh, nice. We'll have him on the show again. We'd love to have David back on. How about you and David sit, sit down and discuss your compensation? What an episode that would be if we just David and I just sitting here shooting the shit. Yeah, wouldn't that be? Oh, my God.
God. Maybe episode 3000. <laughs> and on that note, he is John Coleman. My name is Dustin Owen. If you like what we're doing, mm-hmm. please don't keep us a secret. Share us. Follow us on social. Mm-hmm. Visit our website, theloanofficerpodcast.com, also known as tloponline.com. Mm-hmm. Come hang out with us next month in Vegas. Vegas. And let us know what we can be doing to better serve you. Yep. But he's John Coleman. I'm Dustin Owens. All the time we have for you today. We'll catch you in the next episode.